Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life in the history of the world. You've never seen an Irishman and a Texan who doesn't drink in the same room together. So, guys, we have no idea what's going to go on here, uh, but we have Mr. Lou in the house. How are you doing, sir? Very well. Thank you, Austin. Thank you. Good to yeah. be here from it's, Tipperary. It's, yeah, it's great to be, you know, Adam, man, you know, he's trying to beat me in connecting people and I'm not okay with it. So I need to make some connections today. But, you know, in true fashion, um, you were going to tell me some stuff about yourself. And I was like, no, let's save it for the podcast. So, uh, you know, I'll let you tell your story and kind of start where you want to. And we'll go from there. Sure, sure. Okay, I'm Louis O'Connor. I'm coming to you from Tipperary in Ireland. Um, recently returned to Ireland after 20 years in Latin America. I was in Panama, in Central America. Okay. And prior to that, I was in Germany for 10 years. So, uh, you know, I've been living and traveling around the world. Uh, my wife is born in Mexico. Um, two kids are born in Panama. But I came back here now to start this business, which I think is what we're going to talk about, too. Um, what business is that, sir? Okay, so it's rare earth metals. Okay. Uh, I'll give you the, I know a term, I, le- I picked up a term in America you guys use, which is the elevator pitch, right? <laughs> we don't we don't have elevators here. Well, we do, but we call them lifts. The lifts, yeah, the lift pitch doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the lift pitch is um, uh, owning rare earths is exactly the same paradigm as owning gold or silver. Okay. Except you own a an industry grade sort of high quality rare earth metal. Okay. Um, that you can uh, you know store just like you would gold and silver and resell and liquidate them as well. Very interesting. Life is really interesting. So we're traveling the country in an RV, and I was staying with one of my friends in Boston, outside of Boston, and her dad who's been in the financial business for like 40 plus years, literally worked for like Netscape back in the day. We were talking about life and business and he busted out his coins and his gold and everything. And like, you know, us young whippersnappers, you know, Mm -hmm. we're only in crypto and real estate Mm -hmm. and everything. So this is going to be like as much as a learning experience it is for me. So is this what you've always done? Did you do something before? And then what got you kind of in this realm? Yeah, good, good question. Actually, Austin, I would you believe I left Dublin at 19 years of age? Uh, it was a geographic move. You might be familiar with that terminology. Yeah. Went to Germany, was sleeping under underground car parks. But I actually ended up washing cars on Ramstein Air Base, which was a US, is, is a US Air Force base still. This is back in the late 80s. And I ended up selling cars. Uh, with the military then after about two years, I you know, ended up being a sales manager for Germany, Italy. And, and that's eventually how I came to Panama. Um, and I've been in Panama the last 20 years working with a lot of North Americans in real estate. Um, as you probably know, a lot of snowbirds, you know, people who live in the, the upper northeast, northwest of America, Canada, 
if they're fortunate enough to have um, made some money and, and are considering retirement, they're buying and moving to Panama, uh, Puerto, uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Belize, yep. and now Colombia is coming online now that they're, they've ended their 50-year civil war. So I've been working with North Americans most of my life, even though I never lived in America. Oh, and I should add, I didn't tell you, the first trip I ever made to America was to Texas. Ah, what, I met what, what's, what city? Uh, Lubbock. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, that's not Texas. So I digress, but oh it, is, it is Texas. But my brother went to school there. I'm very familiar with Lubbock and we had some Airbnbs there. But dude, so you yeah. met a girl, right? I met a girl from Lubbock in Heidelberg in Germany and we fell in love and I, I went out to meet the family and and went to see. To, There's <laughs> nothing out there. There's I'm nothing almost, out there. Yeah. I'm also embarrassed to say it, but you know what I wanted to see when I got to Texas was South Fork. <laughs> there's you get to Lubbock and it's like oh my god there's just fields out here and then you go to the hill country and there's you know rivers and lakes and hills and mountains and you know it's it's I I've spent most of my life trying to leave it but it mm. never leaves me <laughs> you, well, know? you know Buddy Holly's from Lubbock and um we I was into Buddy Holly as a kid you yeah. know but anyway to get back to your your question so so I was sort of working a little bit in the offshore space, and that's how um, I came across the metals. Um, mm -hmm. Up till quite recently, private investors could not buy them and own them sort of safely and securely because these metals, the only end buyer for them are industry buyers. There's no yes. point in you or me or anybody having, say, for example, there's 12 rare earth elements in an iPhone. You couldn't do that, swipe your phone without gallium. Gallium is one of the metals. Um, so there's no point in me or you having, you know, $100,000 worth of gallium in our safe or in the back garden somewhere. Um, <clears throat> so you've got to be aligned with an industry buyer, and that's what it is. I've partnered with a German company, with the largest metals trader in Europe. They've been in business for 30 years, and they, you know, they sell the, they sell you the metals. You store them usually in a, um, a chain of custody location um, with them as well in a vault in Frankfurt. And then they liquidate them. You know, they're, they're, look, they're very profitable. Obviously, that's why what, what a lot of people are surprised is that if you bought rare earth elements five years ago and we're sitting on them still today, they have outperformed the S&P uh, 100, or sorry, the, the FTSE 100, the S&P 500 and gold and silver. So, I suppose the important thing to mention is they're profitable to own. I think I think what's interesting as I continue to build more businesses and as I continue to talk to so many people, uh, you know, in about five days, I just did the math. We're coming up on our two years anniversary uh, of the podcast. You know, between the episodes I've been on and the two podcasts I have, we're talking about, you know, north of 600 to 500 episodes in two years. You know, uh, I've talked to a lot of people. And, yeah. and one of the things that interests me is now, uh, I'm having a conversation uh, of things that I didn't even know either. And so like, it's just, I think that people, a lot of people, and, and as I get older, I'm going away from this. A lot of people like the sex, the sex and the sizzle. Uh, I ain't in that business anymore. I'm in the business of the business that's never going to go away. And so what we're looking about is like businesses that are never going to go away, like the service business, the title business, like the things that are always going to be there. And in my opinion, if I'm speaking out of turn, this seems like an avenue that's not going to go away. 
Like no, no, no. Well, you're on the you're on the money there, Austin. There's just a quick couple of points. One, these rare earths are in all modern technology, everything, right? But also they're critically needed in electric, you know, electric mobility, so electric batteries, solar power, wind power. You could say they're nearly the technologies of the future because they're finding more and more uses. Um, some of them are oxides, so they're powder, they're like a powdered form. Some of them are highly magnetic, um, where they can store and transfer uh, energy. So again, for you know, electric car batteries and solar power. But what a lot of people don't know, and if they do a little bit of digging, what they'll find out is you don't even have to look too far, but you'd be sort of surprised to, to learn one. If you go back to the middle 40 years ago to 1985, at that time, both the US and China had a sort of a, they shared about 70% of the production of these metals. China had 37%, the US had 35 or vice versa, something like that, right? Then 40 years later, what will blow you away is that the US now has only one production facility of rare earths. So China now produces more than 80% of the world's rare earths. They have a, sort of a near monopoly on the market. And that's the, that's the crux, if you will, for the investor, is soaring demand, sort of limited availability. Like, for example, on average, the metals went up about 35% last year. So if you'd invested 100 grand a year ago, you'd be up to 135. Now, why did that happen? Because China doubled their production of electric cars domestically. So they they restricted the quotas. They didn't allow as much metals to go overseas as before, and then the prices went up. You know. So does one person, if I was just me, and I'm like, man, I'm intrigued by this. You're not per se going to go out and like hunt this down yourself. You're going to work with somebody like you that's already in the business. And is this something that, like, as an investor, I could diversify in my portfolio? Is there like a way to like put money with you to like? ramp up your business? Like, how does that work when you're talking about investing? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, we're, we seek um, private investors. And you buy, let's say, just as an example, if you bought $100,000 worth, I mean, we'd recommend you diversify within that itself. I mean, you're sort of diversifying out of maybe precious metals into rare earths. But we'd recommend about nine metals, all the metals that are needed for modern technology, sustainable, you know, greener energy, probably military applications. And then you actually buy the metals, you physically own them just like you would own, you know, it's just like if you wanted to store gold in Switzerland or, you know, Australia, Singapore, the exact same paradigm as that. You own them, you have your certificate of ownership, you have your chain of custody authentication, your analysis reports, and then you keep them uh, and, you know, you get updated weekly on the prices and you can keep it for as, as little or as long as you want. I mean, you own them. So, yeah, you physically own them just like you would. That looks like a fridge or a safe there, not a safe. But let's say it's a safe there beside you. You could have them in, in your safe at home, mm -hmm. but it's better to have them uh, in, the, in what we call the chain of custody for easy and quick liquidation. Like, let's say you said, Louis, I want to invest but I don't want to store them in Switzerland or I don't want to store them in Frankfurt. I want to keep them here in Texas. Texas is the safest place in the world, mm -hmm. right? Um, then you could ship them there, but the problem is you're sort of adding expenses to your investment mm -hmm. and then, you, then you'd have to ship them back and, you know, stuff like that. So look, it's a little bit, as I said, it's the same paradigm as, as 
precious metals. Well, there's a couple of minor differences just to keep it safe and secure, you know? So why why don't you think that more people uh, don't know about this or or do you think they're just not privy to this 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 avenue? Great question, actually. That that's 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 it. Um so you're buying the metals from a company called Tradium GmbH in Frankfurt in Germany, who are 30 years in the business. Primarily that's what they do. They buy and sell metals. However, only 12 years ago, they opened up a side business. That's a bit of a small word for it now, but let's call it a side business where they bought what was a it was an underground bunker in World War II and they converted it to a bank level secure vault, insurance, bonded, tax-free, you know, armed security. So for the last 12 years, since 2010, they've been offering this opportunity mostly in Germany to Germany, Austria, Switzerland. I mean, there's 90 million people in Germany alone. So Sort of was enough business there, if you will. So it wasn't that it was, uh, they were excluding, you know, um, other countries. Um, they just literally have done no marketing in English or they haven't targeted actively Ireland or the UK or the US. But three years ago, they finished completing the, um, they, their storage capacity is three times what it was. And for the first time, they've brought in international partners and I'm their partner for Ireland. UK and North America. So it's only in the last six months I've been doing um, marketing in English. And that's how, you know, I know Adam actually from, from Lieberland, but that's how now word is starting to get around. So people in the US would not have heard of it because uh, they would have had to dig really, really hard to find it, you know? I love it. You know, this is why business is so intriguing to me because you, you never know what's coming around the corner. Uh, that being said, if you don't mind, because it's more of a, a selfish uh, line of questioning, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Costa Rica. Um, I've got multiple friends in Medellin right now um, who are running their businesses for Medellin because it's on the same time zone as America and they and they love it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you spend time in the international real estate space in Panama and Central America, what do, I, I have a big issue with. Uh, what people see on TV and what's actually going on there. I think they're like a little jaded. Like, uh, you know, for me, I just got back from Costa Rica. Costa Rica was not that cheaper than being in the States. Like it's, you know, no. and so we've entered a place where it can be done, but it needs to be done the right way. What do you think is the most, the biggest mistake that, that, you know, entrepreneurs or, or business people when they're looking to to get that second home in the in Central America or something? What's the biggest mistake you think they're making? Well, so don't believe the hype, you know, go go see for yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And as you know, the world is, is always changing. And, you know, I went to Panama in 2005, well, back to Panama, I had been there in the 90s. When I went in 2005, Panama was very inexpensive and it was just a great time and a great place to be. You could buy it I did, in fact, bought an apartment, a three-bed apartment for $90,000. But those days are gone. Um, and you know, it's, you know what I find? What, something I'm learning myself later in life, Austin, as well, is there's usually, you know, they say like this sort of perfect storm. There's always sort of more than one dynamic that changes things, you know? It's not just one thing. Now, Panama is not the great deal it was 15 years ago for expats, right? Why is that? Well, one, you just mentioned Colombia. Nobody was going to Colombia 15 years ago because, you know, there were, you know, 50 year civil war. Now people are. And Colombia is way 
way less expensive than Panama, arguably has sort of a better vibrant culture. Um, um, Colombian women, <laughs> I'm sure you have some, some women in the audience too, but Colombian men and women, let's say, very attractive, fun-loving. But but yeah, I think it boots on the ground. You have to get there yourself. And, you know, you, we tend to sort of not respond, but the first the first wave of sort of contact is, you know, to me is um, is, is go a bit deeper, you know, get get with a local. Um, but out of all of those countries, say from Mexico now down to say Colombia, uh, Ecuador, I'd say Colombia is the best bet right now um, for a North American um, because of its close proximity to the U.S. Very very inexpensive, um, great food, great culture. However, I'd also say you'd want to be very, very careful there doing business, you know, because Latin Americans do business differently uh, than North Americans or Europeans, you know. Thousand percent. I couldn't. And so you've spent a lot of time in business and a lot of business sector. You've dealt with a lot of North American entrepreneurs. You lived in Europe and everything. You know, I just merely asking, you know, what have you learned over your years in business? Uh, about creating a proper business, but also, you know, handling different uh, personalities, different, you know, kind of like uh, different motives, different cultures. Like what, what have you learned that served you well over your years in business? Yeah. You know, I've learned that, you know, business is business. And I think, it's very unusual to find, you know, I mean, even myself, what I've learned about myself is just about everything I do is tainted with my own selfishness and self-preservation. Now, I didn't know that for a long time. It was very well disguised, you know, but I know that's true about me. And I think it's true about just about everybody, unless you meet that very rare enlightened person, right? The Dalai Lama or, you know, so I think my approach is, um, you know, it's, it's, I just, I suppose it's difficult, you know, um, in terms of starting a new business, like in Panama or Colombia, um, I would, I would venture a guess that you mentioned some friends on there. I would say most of them. They're all running, all they're all running businesses in the States. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're probably doing so so well there, you know. I'd be super, super careful and cautious about going into business with a foreigner in any way because, you know, you don't, like I'm Irish, you know, you're a Texan. I mean, if you came to Ireland to, to say start a business here, you're so out of your normal environment that you don't know, you know, up from down, right from wrong, left from right. You really don't even though we're speaking the same language and you're just relying completely on the integrity of meeting somebody who really, really, you know, uh, be on the level with you and straight up. So, yeah, I, I, I think, um, I just think it's very, very challenging and um, you have to sort of, I suppose, know yourself, you, you know, most of all, you know, what you're getting into. Yeah. There's a guy that I follow that I really respect that said, if you, he said, in business, if you can understand that everybody's going to default to their own self-interest, he's like, you'll save yourself a lot of problems. You said it. That's exactly what I hope. That's what I was trying to say. You said it. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think, I think ultimately that's, and, and, and people hear me say that and they're like, oh man, like that's really like off-putting. And I'm like, no, it's just that I've been in this space long enough that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people that I look up to, um, or, or used to look up to back in the day, uh, they're not good people <laughs> when you dig yeah. down deeper. And yeah. I think that, you know, unfortunately, the farther you get and the higher you get, um, I'll be honest with you. Cause I'm a very, I'm a giving person. And I'm like, I have no ulterior motives. Like a lot of people look at me sideways when I'm offering help to them. Cause they're like, what's his angle. Yeah. And like, it's like, so I know how rare it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. and so we have to make sure that we're, you know, and this is the way we operate, you know, what are your values? What, what do you, what do you really care about? Yeah. What's the deeper meaning here? Let's dig a little deeper. Let's find some stuff up yeah. and then, and then kind of going from there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I think, um, you know, what you said there as well, Austin, a little bit of a deeper way um, is um, don't sort of going into that with that frame of mind is, you know, like Mike Tyson said about, I think when somebody was going in the ring against them, you know, they'd say, well, he's going to knock you out and he's going to do this. And he'd say, well, everybody has a plan until they get hit, you know, and mm -hmm. um, likewise, Everybody has a plan while things are going well and while the sun is out and the sun is shining. You'll really only see another side when when the pressure comes on. So my suggestion, as you said, if for people who maybe are, you know, buying a home or any sort of business and, you know, outside of the US when they're outside their environment is don't give away your position of strength, you know. Um, even if you trust that person or it appears that things are going well, maintain your position of strength. Do not give anybody um, an, a possible advantage over you if things go wrong further down the line. Do you know what I mean? Love it. I love it. So if anybody wanted to find out more about, you know, uh, the space that you're in is there is there a book is there a podcast is there a youtube channel or, or is it kind of can you find that information they need to reach out to you um yeah they'd come to our website which is um www.strategicmetalsinvest.com mm -hmm. mm -hmm. is, is the best thing yeah i was wasn't listening, quite, go ahead yeah, i was listening to a i was listening to a, a a guy i respect who owns a bunch of business who was interviewing a stock guy and he was saying that um you know, they've never seen a time like this for commodity, mm -hmm. uh, you know, aluminum metals and, and, you yeah. know, and, and people, uh, I, I don't think people are aware enough to understand that everything affects everything. Like, Hey, gas is expensive. Well, guess what? The planes for the gas is going to be expensive. So your plane ticket's going to go up. Hey, aluminum is very expensive. Your car's going to go up. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't, yeah. They don't like I have friends that work for UT and they manage $50 billion. Like it wasn't until I had conversations with them when they're buying forest, you know, like it's, it's the tree before the tree gets to the house. And, and that's when I kind of like, okay, you got to think a little deeper and you got to see, you got to kind of connect the dots. Yeah. And so if, if, if that's the trend, then the trend is like, you're saying it's outperformed this, it's outperformed that. And I think it's only going to continue to go that way as, as people look to diversify and other markets are not as stable. Yeah. Uh, and then that's kind of the game behind the game that, that really takes to the thinking to the next level. Yeah. Well, exactly. What you're doing with rare earths as well is you're investing a bit further back along the value stream. 
So, you know, if you can see, you know, the explosion of smartphones or electric vehicles, right? You know, how, how can I invest in electric? Well, you can invest in the mine or you can invest in Tesla, but you can also invest in the raw materials that are needed for those um, for those products. And that's basically what this is. Again, one of the big things about it, which people just don't know, is that how much of a monopoly China has on rare earths. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over 87% of the refining is done in China. Um, they they monopolize the market. And that's, you know, again, as you said as well, um, if China restricts quotas, you'll probably see the price of your iPhone go up, you know? <laughs> well, you know, every day I wake up, and I asked myself, what am I going to learn new today? And today I learned about rare metals and I'm better for it. And now I have an Irish friend. So when I take my dream trip to go play all the golf courses and, and drive around, now I have a friend. So I'm super excited. If people want to find out more about you, what your company's doing, you already gave the website, but is there any way uh, for them to contact you or reach out? Yeah, probably my email is the handiest. It's Louis, L-O-U-I-S at strategicmetalsinvest.com. I love it. Guys, if you got some value from this episode or, or you enjoyed it, send it to a friend. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.